Hey, 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 we're back for episode two of Reconstruct Ed. I am your host, Dr. Nadira Jack, and just to recap for any new listeners joining us, on the last episode, I shared a little information about my family background, schooling, and college experiences, ultimately discussing how I ended up in education. This episode will focus on my transition from a classroom teacher to a school leader, and boy, what an experience it was. If you remember correctly, last time I spoke about the grad courses I was taking in ed leadership. So, here I am, a full-time teacher, attending classes during the evening, just trying to simply balance it all. Let me talk a moment about the sacrifices we make in pursuit of our life's purpose, or doing the work we were called to do from a higher source of being. Sometimes, People look at your blessings and all that you have accomplished in life and can't figure it out. How or why you? Well, let me tell you how. Hard work, commitment, perseverance, and lots of faith. That's how. So the next time you see someone experiencing immense success, understand and trust that there is a personal story behind that success, filled with ups and downs, challenges and obstacles, all of which you may never even have been aware of. And they are deserving of it all. Listen, I made some hard sacrifices from studying late nights into the early morning hours, ending relationships to canceling social circles altogether. In fact, on the rare occasions I did go out, you'd often see me in a corner immersed in a book, studying or conducting research or grading papers on my laptop. I had work to do. I was driven, determined, and focused. I finished my courses in under a year and a half and shortly afterwards took the principal's exam in the state of New Jersey. Now anyone that has ever taken this exam will tell you how challenging it can be and the pressure to pass on the first try is incredibly immense. Luckily for me, with lots of studying and a whole lot of prayer, I passed the exam on my first try. Thank goodness. And then I began my search for a leadership role, which was not an easy task by any means. After applying to more than 100 different supervisory positions, I only secured a handful of interviews, none of which really panned out. And guys, I had been looking for supervisor roles that would help me step into leadership while still working with the students. So roles that were more along the lines of an instructional coach. But there was one position in Jersey City, New Jersey that really caught my eye. And I thought, hey, why not apply for it? It was for a school leader role. And I ended up getting a call back for an interview and I was extremely nervous, but something inside of me was still so confident that I could tackle the roles and responsibilities that the position required. The interview went well, and eventually I was offered a contract for that leadership position. Now here's the catch. The school had not yet been fully developed. Now normally when you interview for a job and get hired, 
there's a process that follows. You do the work that you're required to do and you get compensated for your services. Well, that was not the case here because this school wasn't officially approved by the State Department of Education. But I didn't let that bother me. The school was going to be located in Jersey City, New Jersey. And if you remember, like I said on the last episode, this was the same city I was born and raised in. So it made absolute perfect sense to me. It would be my way of giving back and contributing to the city that raised me. Now, I was assured that this school would be opened and without delay. And so I very enthusiastically resigned from a secured, tenured teaching position. It was a time in my life filled with great excitement and much passion, especially since I felt my role, specifically in the classroom setting, was coming to an end. I was unhappy and felt very much disconnected and disengaged from others. And honestly, I think the people around me felt it too. And I knew that there was more work that I personally needed to do for students. I'd work as a teacher by day and a prospective principal at night spending much of my time recruiting students through grassroots efforts, interviewing and securing staff, writing curriculum, and just ensuring that all the policies and procedures we needed to run this organization efficiently were in place. And I did all of that and put my heart and soul into the design and development of this school. And even with all of that hard work and commitment, things didn't play out the way I'd envisioned it. Life has a way of slowing you down when you're moving at such an accelerated pace and resetting you even when you're unaware of the changes that are being made in your favor. Although I was prepared with the mindset of launching this school in the fall of 2012, in early summer of that year, we received the unexpected news that we would not be funded. And so therefore, we were unable to open in the time frame originally anticipated. My heart sunk. When I tell you I was heartbroken, that is even an understatement. I had just hired a small staff of 15 teachers and recruited close to 300 students within the community. At that moment, I couldn't even begin to process how I would explain this news to them. I felt like a great big disappointment. I disappointed my team. I disappointed my family, my community. But worst of all, I felt like I disappointed myself. To land your dream job and then to have it unexpectedly pulled from you is utterly devastating. You question everything. You question your choices, your decisions. I mean, should I have just stayed in my role as a teacher? Why did I even decide to take a chance and step outside my comfort zone? Was the timing wrong? Did I waste my time and energy investing in this project? And how would I move on from this? I had bills piling up, mortgage payment due, depleted savings, and nowhere to turn to. I knew what I was capable of at first, and honestly, I thought, this decision has to be a mistake. And perhaps this was my ego. In fact, in pursuit of clarity, we landed a meeting with the State Commissioner of Education, and this meeting was for the sole purpose of obtaining insight and feedback regarding how and why this decision was made. 
Perhaps, I thought, through a face-to-face meeting, we could convince him of our readiness to open and possibly urge him to reverse his decision. But much to my dismay, nothing changed, except for the fact that reality hit me. Along with the staff I hired, I too was also without a job, without a viable plan, and without the structure of waking up every day and going to work, as I had known for so long. During what was one of the longest car rides home, I looked around at the team, and I remember we were driving on the parkway, and I realized that out of all the people on this team, I was the only one who actually resigned from their job. That's how much I believed in the possibility of change and educational reform. And hey, I really believed in the mission of this school and my ability to see it through. As I processed it all, the tears flowed uncontrollably. And at first, they were silent tears. It was one of those cries that you try to hold in, but you really can't suppress it. But you're holding it in because you're around people that you know professionally, but not personally. And you don't know how they would react or respond to the fact that, hey, I really need to get this off my chest and release these emotions. There was so much anguish and pain in feeling like I was a failure. How could I have trusted or expected that things were going to work in my favor? I mean, the truth is, I couldn't. I did do all of the right things as best I could. I dotted all of the I's, crossed all of the T's. I read every single document that we submitted to that State Department. But it simply wasn't the right time in. Not wanting to tell my family of my great disappointment or my unexpected failure that I had no control over, I shared the news with my sister Sabrina first. She is a reasonable-minded person with fire and a passion for strategic problem-solving. I mean, this is what she does on a daily basis. So of course she immediately forged ahead and helped me to look for a job, providing comfort and encouragement. She would send me every plausible advertisement for a supervisory position. I think in her heart she knew that as much as I needed a job, she wouldn't let me settle for anything. And she knew that I really wanted to make that jump from a classroom teacher to a supervisor. Her belief in me that I really was committed to change in education really enabled me to hang on to hope and empowered me. Thank God for her because she was so assured that I would land on my feet. And it helps knowing that you have someone who really believes in your gifts. And I know at my core, my family believed in me also. But there was something in me that felt compelled to not share my personal problems or issues with them because I didn't want them to worry about my next move. It was my life and I had to take control and figure it out on my own. The first month, We searched, and we both applied to every advertisement feasible. Then we waited, and time flowed. One month turned into two, and then two months turned into three. My hope and inner light was starting to fade and really dim. I was beginning to sink into a deep depression, and this was a very difficult time for me personally. The thought of starting over was extremely paralyzing to some extent. When I thought about how far I came in my career to only have to start all over, 
I began to wonder, where are my new support systems coming from? And what does that look like? This was all brand new territory for me here. I mean, I decided to step out of my comfort zone and take a risk. So with that, I had to assume responsibility for everything that came with it. I definitely had a strong supportive family that I know would have gotten me out of this situation and would have provided any assistance I needed without any questions asked. There's not a doubt in my mind that they would come to my rescue. But I had something to prove, not to anyone else, but to myself. That being that I could pick myself back up from any situation I faced and come out of it better than where I left off, creating and rebuilding my path through each life obstacle and evolving with it through a sense of inner growth. While my professional life seemed to be spiraling out of control, my personal life mirrored a similar theme. My current pool of friends were out living their lives and of course nowhere to be found, not to lend a helping hand or to offer comfort or even sit with me and offer words of hope and wisdom. My inner circle became smaller and smaller and I was able to recognize the authentic and real connections and to some degree, I began to just let relationships and friendships dissolve and run its course. I distinctly remember the few individuals that stood with me during my time of need and chose to offer their love and support. I had a lot of time on my hands and really spent most of my days sitting in meditation besides looking for a job. And I prayed a lot. I prayed every day for a breakthrough. And then one day things suddenly shifted. I remember waking up that morning and completing my normal morning rituals. And in the middle of meditation, I realized, hey, Nadira, you have to change the way you're approaching this. You are not a failure and you are not a disappointment. I kept seeing this obstacle as a hard no, this is not going to happen for you and it will not manifest. Instead of a test of accepting divine timing, I surrendered to the will of the universe and I remember saying, God, If this is your plan for me, I know that you will see me through it and guide me through it. And that literally changed my life. It took me about five months to land a job as a literacy coach and an even longer amount of time to get back on my feet. And all I had to do was succumb to the will of the universe instead of resisting this gift of time that I had just received. Looking back, my family's comfort, love, support, and unwavering faith that I was called to a higher purpose was ultimately what carried me through such a difficult time. I know what it feels like to have everything and then to lose it all at once. I know what it feels like to have absolutely nothing and wonder where your next meal is coming from or not even have enough gas money to get from point A to point B. No one knew what I was going through other than my sister, because this was the only person I trusted to share this information with. It is a humbling experience, and how you handle yourself in such moments of loss and despair can shift generational patterns of thinking. So yes, I am deserving of every blessing that comes my way. 
and I am open to receiving them. I couldn't see it then, but the commissioner's decision paved the way for me to not just become a leader, but to create my own lane in the field of education, especially as a young minority female. It allowed me to reflect on the plan that was originally developed for this school and to go back and put more thought and intention behind it. It allowed me to rebuild my world with clarity, impact, and purpose. I say all that to say that we can't arrive at the light without experiencing some sense of darkness. And so yes, eventually we did resubmit our application and get approval the second time around. And it was around this time I met my now husband, Perry, And thankfully so, because that first year of leadership, boy, was that really challenging for me in ways that I couldn't imagine. He shed light on different perspectives, helping me to reframe my mindset and to deeply think about the way I showed up as a leader servicing others within the community. Not to mention he really kept me grounded. It's important as a leader to have people in your corner who are for you, who will support your endeavors, provide input, and check you from time to time as needed. Someone who will understand the core of the work you're engaged in and who genuinely loves and supports you. Because you're going to really need to hang on to those people on your most difficult days. So here I am now, a former principal, and currently a school superintendent of this successful charter school in New Jersey in its eighth year of operation. I look back and I'm overwhelmed with how much we have grown as a school and as a community. We originally started as a K-2 elementary school and then added on a grade level every year until we reached our first eighth grade class, which was last year. So start small and then build bigger. Our focus is on transforming education each day for students and providing a quality, equitable learning experience. And we do this by incorporating the essence of student voice within the context of learning. I see this school as a community school, providing resources that allow our caregivers, students, and educators to be successful on all fronts. We are in the final phases of constructing a middle school building, which has been a gradual process due to COVID, but hey, we are almost there and I am committed to seeing it through. We have an amazing team of administrators and phenomenal teachers that not only support our vision, but are also open to change, evolution, and growth within themselves personally. And they have been such a critical voice in moving education forward for our students. And that's important. The idea of being open to change and revisiting your thoughts, your philosophy, your beliefs, and just acknowledging that, hey, we don't always know everything that there is to know about the world around us. It's important to continue to learn and be receptive to the information others are sharing. In addition to the role of superintendent, I also teach education courses at New Jersey City University, which is my alma mater. And more recently, as many of you may know, I published the book, The Pedagogy of Consciousness, which brings me to my why. 
Why am I here? Why this podcast reconstruct ed? And why now? Well, as a leader, you have the advantage of seeing education through a dynamic lens and perspective. You listen to teachers, you listen to students and caregivers, and you know what? Everyone all around is deeply concerned about the current state of education and recognize that things need to shift. And if you're an educator or a leader such as myself, then you remain committed to change and advocacy, understanding that there is a need to be of service for the collective masses. So I choose to show up now as an active participant in shifting the discourse in education, using this specific podcast, Reconstruct Ed, as a forum for us to shed light on relevant issues, embrace innovative practices, and celebrate each other, celebrating students, educators, and school leaders, such as yourself, as we collectively reconstruct systems of schooling throughout the world. There are so many amazing things occurring, and we are all doing things in our own space and time that need to be acknowledged, recognized, and shared so that we can learn from each other. So, now for the rundown. In the first season, we will explore thoughts in education as it coincides with my book, The Pedagogy of Consciousness. And I keep telling you, you have to grab a copy of this book. It's on Amazon. And we will proactively share our experiences and use our voice to explore alternative pathways to education. Collectively, we will all contribute to powerful discourse and critical conversations meant to inspire, innovate, and transform traditional systems of schooling. Looking back, when I think of that young 28-year-old version of me stepping into leadership, Yes, I was that young. I told you, I got work to do. And here I am 10 years later. I'm very proud of all of the obstacles I faced and how I chose to handle them. Each experience I encountered, good, bad, or indifferent, I never ran away from the responsibilities and roles that the universe has called upon me to fulfill. Instead, I faced my fears head on and confronted the discomfort that each experience brought. And in turn, that has brought me a lifetime of invaluable lessons. We're also busy engaging in work to positively impact students and each other that it's so easy to forget to celebrate our own successes. So think about your journey. Think about your story and where you are personally, professionally. What are you proud of today? You can use this as a journal prompt or even just hit me up on social media at Nadira Jack with your responses. And again, guys, don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, The Pedagogy of Consciousness, available on Amazon.